Welcome to the Experts Podcast, where we take you behind the scenes of what it really means to be in the media. Featuring interviews with media stable experts and some of Australia's prominent media. We'll break down some of the myths, the fears, the skills and the knowledge needed to succeed in the media. The Experts Podcast is for the business owner, communicator, PR professional, leader of industry or anyone looking to develop their profile to be a recognised expert. The Experts Podcast is powered by Media Stable. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Experts Podcast. I'm Nick Hayes. Hi, I'm Carmen Braidwood. Hello, Carms. Um, we're talking property today. Yeah, and a property profiler. What is a property profiler? I think, I think she invented it. Property, Actually, property profiling. You know, when you say profiling, it sounds like mm. something out of like um, one of those CIS. Oh, for sure, yeah. yeah like, investigators, yeah. you know, like what's the profile of the criminal? Let's yeah. go find him. Yeah, yeah. Property profiling. Yeah. Okay, well, let's have Intriguing. a chat to this uh, expert. It's Ashley Goodchild. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Nick. Thanks, Carmen. Um, tell us, what is it? Well, you're pretty <laughs> close because it is investigating and um, looking at properties for clients that can't actually physically do it themselves. Yeah. So they engage me and my team to go out on their behalf and to look at the property and find all the flaws for it and things they should know. So it is where were you four and a half years ago when I desperately needed you? Um, because as it sort of turns out, I had a leaking pool, a solar system that didn't work, and I'm walking into a property just had no idea you whatsoever. Went in blind. I, well, you you don't know what you don't know, and it's just you go in, and then it's like the biggest investment that you make. Obviously, you're doing it all the time, in some cases, but. Um, is that the sort of stuff that you can help me out with? Yeah. So there's oh. a few things that we can see from our trained eye and just from our experience. So we can, first of all, do an online check and we're looking at a property. And sometimes when we do that, we can see things that are a problem that a regular person might not even think about. So sure. the first thing is a fridge recess. You would be surprised at the amount of homes that don't actually even have a fridge recess. And so a fridge would have to be put into the dining or into the lounge room. Hmm. Hang on, hang on. Hold your horses. A fridge recess. That's, that's, that's a in every thing. house, isn't it? No. No, because what happens is they renovate these kitchens for um, the purpose of selling sometimes and they don't actually really think of the logistics of it. And now what we're talking about here as a property profiler, how does that differ then from, say, what might be called a buyer's agent maybe? You know, like I've heard of that before. Is what you're doing different to that? Yeah, it is different. It's, It's sort of a bit of a hybrid. So a buyer's agent, when you engage them, they will look at the suburbs, the data, analytics, all the intel behind a suburb and which suburb suburb you should purchase in and the growth and the future growth where I don't actually do that. I get given the suburbs by the client and then when I've got the suburb from the client, because they've generally done all that intel themselves, I then do the on the ground. So I actually work with about four buyers agents over East as well, where they actually engage my services to do on the ground checking for them. So it's, is this house going to be a lemon or not? Correct. And or is it going to be rentable? And is a tenant going to find this an easy property to live in? Sure. And one of the main things I say to all my clients is that you can find a tenant in this market for every property. 
But fast forward five years when the market changes, is your property still going to be rentable? Yeah. And so then we're looking at these little risks, fridge recesses, room sizes. Um, leaking pools. Leaking pools. Yeah. And Non-working the, solar systems. Oh, God. And yeah, the local stuff you've got to know in Perth. You know, like, you know, people from the East Coast will sort of go, I'm going to go invest in Perth because it's hot right now. But they don't understand what it's like here when the market goes low. Some areas of Perth are not resilient to low market. Even access to schools, transport, all of those things that improves the property value. I mean, are you even looking at um, increase in value of property? Will it in, will it increase or will it decrease? Yeah, so we don't look at too much the um, prediction right. from for the property, but we do look at opportunities that the property has got if they need to, if the market changes and they need to make some quick changes to the property or improvements, mm. yep. then we look at the potential that that property's got for modernising with new blinds like we might say to a client if you were to put new blinds and new paint and this type of flooring in you'll be able to get an extra 20 or 30 dollars a week but in this market we would recommend that you just leave it and then uh, leave it and then um, do it in five years. So how do you end up doing this property profiling thing? So back in July I was finding that there was a lot of interstate investors getting a little bit taken for granted. So, uh, t- getting taken advantage taken of. Advantage of the way by other real estate agents in yeah, yeah, yeah. your vicinity. That's right. Yes. Yeah. So I was finding, and I treat it like a sports team. You know, you're, you're buying a property. You've got the seller and the agent on one side of the sports team, yes. and then you've got the buyer on the other side, and they're by themselves. They're playing the game on their own. So. I'm there to be on their team to help them. So for me, it's not about buying a property. It's about buying a property confidently. So the way that I see it is I say to clients interstate, you can buy property on your own if you wish, but you can't buy it confidently unless you've had me check and I've checked water damage on eaves and all the minute details that you actually just can't see from uh, the photos and I spoke to a sales agent on the weekend and she was telling me how she had a client that was asking her to do a FaceTime video and she said to me Ash I actually don't even feel comfortable doing it because I'm representing the seller I don't want to do a FaceTime video and pull out the flaws for the buyer so I get them to engage you separately for that. It's such a it, it is a great concept because I think you know as you just said you know everyone's on one side and the poor old buyers on their own and mm. they need that help and support. Um, again, where were you four and a half years ago? <laughs> oh, I just wish I met you then, Ash. But um, it's such a it's, it, you do need that help and support. And even if you think you know everything, there are things there that just don't come up, do they? I mean, it's like, you know, floorboards, as you just said, or, you know, ceilings. Is there asbestos in the place? Um, all of the little things that you just sort of go, uh, I'm not quite sure if, uh, if I'm getting a really good value here. Yeah, absolutely. So we um, did probably about on the weekend, I think, seven properties. And of those seven properties, there were four of them that weren't suitable for clients to buy as well. Given their goals for what they want to do with the property in the future. So then say, I mean, I got a building inspection and most people do finance or, you know, subject to finance or subject to a building inspection. What might you pick up that a building inspector won't? So a building inspector definitely picks up all the things in the roof space and moisture in the walls, things like that we can't check. So it's always important to have the Mm. building inspection done anyway. But we can definitely find 
obvious things that might actually prevent that person buying the property in the first place hmm. to then have to waste money on the building inspection. Yeah, sure. So, so do it first. So you would get us in first. I have got a couple of clients that get me in sec- uh, like after they've placed the offer, yeah. but that actually puts me in a bit more of an awkward position because that sort of leads me into the comment about buying in Perth, which is so different to buying over east. So in Perth, we don't have a cooling off period. And sure. so I have to educate these buyers that when you put your offer in, it's legally binding. Wow. And what the other thing that they can do over east that we can't do here is they think that they can negotiate on their offer after they've received their building inspection, uh, which is normal uh, over there. And yeah. Oh, right. It's, didn't know not, it's different. It's different, which is um, I find that that can sometimes create lack of trust in the buyer with the selling agent because sure. each selling agent does things a little bit different and how do they know the, the selling agent is actually telling them the right thing because they're representing the buyer so I jump in and I tell them before they even buy the property these are the requirements for buying in Perth and this is the way that it's going to work when you put your offer in. Why do you think media is so fascinated with property? Why do you think that we, we, we're constantly talking about it? It's in the mm. papers, it's on radio, TV. I mean, interest rates are going to be out very shortly. Um, why, why are we so focused on property? I don't know. I thought that I just – because I'm in property, I just see it all. Mm. But I don't know whether the general public thinks everything's about property. Maybe because it's I – don't, I don't even know. I think it's because we all have a house. We've got to live somewhere. Well, that's true. And also, too, it is something that we invest – it's a big amount of money that we invest in and we throw ourselves into. And I love the little line from the castle. You know, it's it's not a house, it's a home. Mm. And that home sort of side of it brings that emotional element out of it. Anything with emotion attached, doesn't it? becomes that universal human experience that you love to bang on about, Nick, but it's right. You know, like we all have to decide where we're going to live and we love to debate it and then we make it investment out of that place where we live and then we're going to debate whether or not that's a good idea. And the reason I know it's fascinating is because we've just spent a good eight minutes <laughs> talking about CSI property. Uh, so I know that it's fascinating. So It's going to be really, really interesting, I think, moving forward with the generations and it's interesting to see what younger people think of housing. And I'm seeing some really shocking comments at the moment from the 20-something-year-olds and under. Is that when you're on TikTok? Yes. Yeah, because you're a great on TikTok. You're doing some good stuff there. I hate TikTok, I'll be honest. I hate it. But, <laughs> but you know you've got to do you've it. You've got to do it because they're going to be our adults. You know, yeah, you're they're your future customers. So what, what are they saying? Oh, horrible things. They are saying that people that are buying investment properties are basically it's like a you're like a predator because you're buying investments for you know your own sole gain mm. and it should be a human right things to accommodation to accommodation mm. and I'm trying to sort of back up the investors and say listen we don't have enough government housing we need investors to buy properties so mm. that we've got more available because when we've got more available it evens out the market a little bit more the reason why rents are high is because we've got low stock there's no stock so that's what drives the price up but they yeah. don't get it and unfortunately the younger people are looking to the government saying hey just put on more social housing but the fact is the way our democracy is set up right now we do not have enough taxes to do that yet but isn't that just social media and it's sort of the nature of social media and and the kind of response that you kind of expect because, one, those that are prepared to say something will always be negative anyway. Um, Are you you caught up with this too much or is it do you put a little bit of a filter through it? I agree, totally agree. And I don't take it personally, but the problem is 
these are going to be our adults soon. Yeah. Mm. That's the problem. If they yeah. have that that idea, like, I, I don't know, I just worry – even if I could share you just a real quick story, like mm. with my daughter who's 12, and even having a chat to her about, you know, going to school and the need for going to school and the reason why we study and things like that, young people just don't have the same even work ethic or the idea of what they're going to do. I just worry about the younger generation growing up and with their jobs, with their work, with their idea of life, with their thoughts on housing, mm. I, I don't know. Did you just just for a second there think, mm-hmm. I just sound like my mum? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it's a turning point, isn't no, it? No, but we do yeah, we do, do that. We actually do that. And I think we were visionaries when we were, we were younger. And when reality kicks in, um, that's when we have to take that, you know, that reality check uh, yeah. that this is, this is hard life. Um, Media, well, have you done much media? What kind of media have you been doing? I did hear you on 6PR have a chat to, to Millsy uh, a couple of weeks ago. Yes. Um, you know, what's it like? Is it is it something that – because you've, you've got a natural voice for it. What's, uh, what's media like for you? I really love giving an opinion. Yep. So I enjoy that side of things. I'm very passionate with the personal branding and I am just one of those naturally motivated people. And for me, I'm very – open and transparent and so I just my mission is just for other people to hear um, my point of views with things because they generally share the same but don't feel confident enough to say it Mm. so I have podcasts that I do as well and I remember doing one and it was also about um, working from home with staff and I have a bit of an issue with staff working from home for reasons which I explained and I actually had a staff um, a colleague from another real estate agency that called me up and she said Ash thanks so much for mentioning that mm. because I felt the same but I felt embarrassed to say that because I thought I was the only one that had an issue yes. and so I feel like media gives you that opportunity to share things that to make other people feel better about. It's a great thought process. That's the way I sort of see it. Yeah, great. And how, you know, it was important to you to get that voice. So you did it through podcasting and you've, you've as a result, had some exposure on, on radio. You've had some – have you been interviewed for television at um, all or more, more for – radio. And print. And print, yeah. Radio and print is big. And, um, and just that presence on LinkedIn and social media and videos and things like that just gets your face and gets people to know and – um, gets to, gets people to know you. Is that how you've done it pre- predominantly? Mainly, yeah, video, video, which of course... I trained you to do. Hey, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. well I was, was going to do a nice segue <laughs> into that actually and give you a nice opportunity to thank I each other. I was giving but an opportunity to just tell me what else you'd done, but the video has been very well, helpful. Well, can I just say on your videos, that's how I discovered you yeah. because on LinkedIn and on the, your platforms that you do have is that you do a very good video and you take those moments, they're real, they're not... You know the most, and, I, and this is not a, a thing. This is not a criticism. Yeah. This is one thing that I know Carmen teaches: is that it's not the big production style. Yeah. You know, spent twenty thousand dollars on a studio type sort of thing. This is you on the streets. This is, and by the streets, I mean in the parks and in the yeah, places in nature. It's a snapshot of Ash out doing the job. <laughs> oh God, no, I'm trying to. No, I, I know where you're coming. You, from. I'm yeah. painting not the best picture, am I? But. <laughs> 
It is real. Yeah. And that's what I love about it. And I think you deliver it in such a way. And I know that would have come through your training as well. But the passion. And people want to understand and know what you're talking about. Because to have an opinion is, is something that they want to subscribe to. They want to get a feel for where you're at. Is it? Yeah. Has that made a difference too? Yeah, 100%. So the videos, I don't like scripted videos personally I find them quite and when they're professionally edited I actually mm. can find them quite um, boring too. and yeah. it's probably more when they do the um, you get people that do the like monthly updates and they get the videographer in for the monthly updates you don't actually need someone to do that professionally you can do that yourself you can there's times where you have professional videos and there's yeah. times where you do it yeah. raw and I feel like um that the raw side is definitely the market updates, which I like to do. And I like to be personable and I get all my business, like literally probably 95% of my business now is from my videos that I've either done with other people or myself yep. um, on YouTube and on social media. And yep. I would probably at the moment get at least 10 calls a day from Over East for people wanting to use me because they've seen a video. So let's break that down into an actual monetary investment. We're always talking about how your small to medium operators can actually get big marketing outside of what you might think is their scope by pulling something together for not much money. How much money do you reckon you you would spend making your video content? Zero, probably. (laughs) Well, you got the phone. <laughs> well, the phone. I think work pays for the phone, Nick, though. And you need the phone anyway. <laughs> yeah. If you're sitting there with a phone that you run your business out of and you're not using it to make video, what a missed opportunity. So I did know? get one of those little microphones. I oh, think yeah, they true. were $80. Yes. Yeah, okay, there's an investment. Yeah, it's worth having a microphone because the sound is going to be that bit better and you yeah. don't want things that are going to turn people off. So you, you've got a microphone, you've got some training, which, you know, training. if you want to know how much that is, you just call me. Um, but, you know, and like, that is an investment. <laughs> and, but, but do you know what's great? though about the training and I think compared to having someone professionally do videos as well is that I would rather invest the money in being trained how to do it professional so that that I can carry those skills on for years and years and years as opposed to just getting someone in to do it for you you're not learning. You you got to learn. What's your great proverb? You can give a man a fish he'll yeah. eat for a day. Teach him to fish he'll eat. You know for yeah. a lifetime. And and respectfully to some of the videographers out there, you know there are so many videographers popping up. They're doing a lot of great work to help businesses create content. But very often they don't really know how to put a talent at ease. You know when you're the one trying to speak on camera, it comes with all this nerves and fear and and fear of putting yourself out there. And and they will get really stressed because they're thinking I've just spent four grand or eight grand on this videographer being here today and I need him to get the whole team interviewed today and Susan's taking a sickie because she's worried about how she looks in that dress we've asked her to wear you know like it will really cause a lot of problems in your business if you don't help people out and get them trained up and if I can just add on to that as well I think that my clientele that have come on board from my videos are the mum and dads you know there are there are certain clientele they're very relationship based um, as opposed to doing a different style video and you attract that type of person I'm attracting the people that you want to work that I want to work with yeah yeah Ash is this the first time we've met face to face because I feel like I do know you and part of the reason is because the videos Mm. I, I do consume your videos and the thing is that is the beauty of it and I think you know when you don't get an opportunity and particularly when you're working with a lot of people from the east coast um they get to meet you and know you through those videos because they're not overproduced. They are real and you do them so well. So, And also too, I think the other side of it must be because 
flexible and the ability to do it at the drop of a hat and yep. put it up when you want to put it up as opposed to, oh, hang on, let me book this. As Carm mm. said, someone's always sick. You can do it when you want to do it. And I'll also add on to that. It's actually a little bit of a shortcut as well because I find myself repeating my repeating the same thing yeah. 10 times a day to the point I laugh that my kids could just about have the conversation <laughs> yeah. with these clients because they roll their eyes every time I get a phone oh, call. Oh, yeah. If someone <laughs> asks me about, tells me about their sore back, I can just tell them what my husband, who's a chiropractor, would say to them because I know it off my heart. Yeah. Exactly. He says it all the time. Exactly. Right? So using video and education is actually a real easy shortcut so that they don't ask you those same questions because yeah. they've seen the videos. They just ask you the main bits and pieces they need to know. Ah, that is brilliant. Mm, and yeah, uh, time saver. Just on that, my kids actually already run Media Stable, so <laughs> um, I, I'm, I'm already out. Um, Ash, so as a, a, a buyer's agent, and I think, you know, the, the markets, the way that they're moving at the moment, and we've just discussed, obviously, the property is a big topic point in, uh, in media. Um, how are buyers feeling? How do and, – and we're talking probably obviously the West Australian market. Is it, is it continuing to rise? Are they, is there enough goods out there to be buying and, and what's it look like for the, for the property owner? So the same demand is present since about September last year. So I found the market started going gangbusters in July and then it changed even more in September and we've been sitting – at the same pace, which is very high, but yep. at the same pace. And I have been waiting for the market to change again and to go up and I haven't actually seen it. But I have a bit of a philosophy on this because generally in property markets, you have the first herd of people that, that buy mm. and then everyone else sees that people are buying. I better get on the bandwagon, get, yep. yeah, get on it. So that generally happens and I've been waiting for that to happen and it hasn't happened yet because those second herd of people I would have expected to be the local landlords and we're not getting any local intentional landlords at the moment no. buying properties or intentional investors. So we've still only got the interstate investors and I think that that's quite interesting. So the yields are still strong but what we are seeing is that some sell, um, sellers are thinking that they might quickly Make a buck. Make a buck and put their property on the market. Mm. But I think they've missed the boat to get that high price. Yeah, now so they're hanging out thinking, oh, no, if I don't get my big price, I'm just going to sit on the market. But what are their chances? So we're now seeing that properties are have home opens two or three times. There's price adjustments happening, which there mm. wasn't before. And we are seeing that um, people aren't prepared to overpay for a property. So not that's sure. not happening. So... That's quite interesting. I think those people have missed the boat. Yeah, right. So if you are the person who's been saying, hey, I'm going to hang back and make a purchase in a few months when things slow down, maybe that slowdown is starting to happen. Well, and it's, you more, could it's more people that were wanting to sell. Yeah, right. Th those ones have missed the boat of getting that. Top. Those they've, yeah. they've missed the boat. But there's definitely hot pockets. It's very consistent around Perth where everyone's looking. It's the mm -hmm. same sort of eight suburbs. That's very common. Mm -hmm. um, and people are still getting cash flow positive properties. Now, let's get a little personal. You, at 23, started your own business. You're also to a mum of three. But I, I don't think you're a mum of six, I believe, these days. Yes. So we are a blended family. Yeah. Hello, Carol Brady. <laughs> yes. I was just about to say Carol Brady. And was Carol Brady in real estate, just quietly? No, no, oh, no. Oh, there me, was – no, he was a designer, he, wasn't he? No, he, he was an architect. Did architecture. Yeah. 
Did she sell real estate? I don't know if she'd have had a job. It was the sixties, wasn't it? Hang on, no, we had they had a housekeeper. They had a housekeeper. She yeah. must have had a job. Otherwise, oh, how'd you justify so, it? So, <laughs> how much of that comes out in your work? Um, well, it sounds a lot harder than what it is. Six kids. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds harder than what it is. It does sound harder. Like, so I've got two. They're driving me mad. Okay, okay, but picture this. You've got your two and they've got some friends so far. Yeah. They leave you alone. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So oh. that's that's the way to picture it. Yeah, right. So it's um, – there's we, – we're such a blended family. So we met about three years ago and the children are 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. So they, they're like <laughs> – they blend. We've got. I've got Perfect. two younger boys and an older girl. He's got two younger girls and an older boy. But guess what else? We also share the same birth date. We're both tenth of November babies. <laughs> and so when when we first met, and you're sort of saying, "I've got three kids. Me too. I've got this. Me too." I'm a Scorpio, me too. Oh, wow. And then it was like tenth of November, and then he started thinking. Please don't tell me the same year. He's thinking I've got a bit of a clinger on my hand, yeah. Yeah. and I had to show my passport to show no that you weren't. I genuinely, lying. I'm not lying. Um, so yeah, so we work really, really well, and um, we have um, family rules and we have household rules, yep. and that's really important. So I find that as a family, even things as small as pocket money and stuff like that we've got our rule with yep. pocket money etc and he's got his rule with his kids um and i enjoy cooking very fortunately and enjoy baking and that's always a good thing when you've got six children yeah. especially when they don't all agree on the same meal um so it it just it just works for us we've got a good routine and it's that old um you know old um, quote that people say, give a busy person something to do and she'll get it done. Oh, that's me. And that's, <laughs> and that's what I love, Carms, mm. because that's the point I was getting to is that when you've got a lot on and, uh, you know, to get something done, you've got to give it to someone that's organised, that knows what's required to get things done. And mm. I think that might even apply uh, with what you do on in media and how you bring out bring yourself out there a bit more because yeah, that, making regular of, content is yeah, yeah. yeah and it's just a busy person give them give them the job to do and they'll get it done and it's uh, and, and it's credit and to there's no point complaining about sort of having lots on you just do it you don't have a choice and yep. you i don't watch a lot of tv or netflix i enjoy working or you know watching webinars or listening to podcasts and i am organized with meals and really that's how do you well how do you stay motivated though like some people will say I'm so busy but I'm not just not feeling it so I'm not going to make content right now I think that motivation is a very person like a personal um, mm. thing that you're just born with and I have had this conversation a number of times with my mum and getting frustrated at people that aren't motivated and my mum just constantly says to me you cannot motivate an unmotivated person Ash yeah. you need to get over that just yeah. because you are that's fine but don't expect that on everybody else so that I do lead with that um, but also I do things I enjoy I don't there's not one thing in my week that I actually don't enjoy doing yeah and that's probably because you've become very good at saying yes to the things that are a no-brainer and no to the things that mm. there's that little as soon as there's a hint of no you need to get good at saying look sorry that's not for me and if you don't like doing something, then outsource it. So the first thing, like I love doing social media, so I do that. But I remember um, even like when Lindsay and I started living together and he said to me, like, and I said to him, I don't actually like 
washing bed sheets. Like that's just one thing I don't like doing. I don't wash them. Mm. He's like, that's fine. We'll get someone in to change the beds each week. It doesn't yeah, matter. Right. So even to that point, there are actual services in Perth that literally just change your bed sheets once a week and your towels. I'll tell you what, and it must be a bit number. of a – I know, but see, it's a mental leap, isn't it, to do something, to pay someone to do something you think you can do yourself. So just this week I said to my husband, you know what, laundry service. It actually doesn't cost a lot. I'm getting someone to pick up my washing this week. Do you want yours done? And he's disgusted in me. He's just going, nah, I'm going to put my washing in. I'll do Joel's as well and it's going to be done and it takes no time. So no, it's actually just not worth my time anymore. I'm not going to do it. Oh, I love it. I love it. You it's work it, delegate, push it out there. But if mate, I'm one, still feeling stressed about it. Don't, don't get me wrong. <laughs> but if there is really one strong message to everyone that's listening out there, no matter how busy you are, no how, but how much do you think you've got on, mm. you've got to put yourself at the time and you've got to dis- have the discipline to do it. But I think the one I get from you, Ash, is that you've got to enjoy it. Yeah. And I can hear it and see it with the way you talk now, um, that you enjoy it. And it doesn't feel like work then. No, I, I do a lot of hours, seven days a week, yeah. and I genuinely love every little bit that I do. And if you don't like your job you're in, or even as a property manager, if you don't like the role that you're in, there are so many other areas of real estate you can do. That are adjacent to it. Correct. Yeah. Just go find something you enjoy doing. Let's talk about your podcast. How's it going? Um, do you enjoy doing it? Is it something that obviously um, people within your industry are ringing you up and saying thank you? Mm. Um, you know what, What's that been like to put together? So I love doing them and I'm surprised at how many guests get so nervous about doing it it's incredible and I don't make it easy on them because I don't prepare I just call you up hey how you going that's why you're so good for us too because we're a bit the same hey hold your horses I'm 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 the I'm just banked full of preparation here I don't have time to do my washing I don't have time to prepare for this well I certainly didn't get a list of questions you were going to ask today no no it's unprepared but I prefer that because I prefer the conversations and I prefer finding out about someone on on the podcast because the way that I see is if I ask you all the questions first Mm. then I'm just wasting that time when we can just talk about it on the podcast and save that prep time so I see it like that but what I love is and the reason why the podcast started was because I was aware that there were people that didn't have the opportunity to come out to our coffee catch-ups and just chat and things like that so I thought how good would it be to be a fly on the wall and to listen to those conversations so we had a conversation or a podcast about Christmas parties what do you do in, in your team for Christmas parties? Do you get bonuses? Do you have a big one? Do you have a little one? You know what I mean? So that was good because it's not a question that everyone's going to call up each other or post on Facebook yeah. where it's all in print to say, what does your boss do? What does your boss do? And I find that the positive comparisons, um, or sorry, the comparisons are all positive. Either you can listen to a podcast and go, you know what? That actually sounds like a really great idea. I should implement that. Or you could turn around and say, okay, what we're doing is working for us. I'm pretty happy. Either mm. way, you're comparing but in a good light. And that's, for me, the importance of sharing um, how each office is running. So my guests are all people in the industry. I've got people that have gone from property management to sales, property management to commercial, um, how they work their new managements into their team, just stuff like that that they can potentially just find out how everyone else is doing it and make their jobs easier and their businesses better. It's a positive experience rather than that nasty comparison that starts to happen through social media posts between people in the same industry. Absolutely. And I think if you give, give and give, it comes back. It does. And 
you know, there's enough room. And I love when you say it comes. There's enough, you know, work out there for everyone in the media training and the and, and that space to, to 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 make a good living out of it. You don't have to attack. You don't have to be worried about what someone's doing on the other side of the fence. And when you're having those real conversations, they're the conversations people listen to. It's not the fake sort of promo or selling mm. a product or service. You know, you're having real relationships, real real conversations. And even when I've had people, companies on as guests, I have treated it like a demo phone call. So if I've got like there's a new, uh, a new app coming around, for example, and I would say to them, hey, why don't you be a guest and we'll have our – our phone call and mm. you can tell me about your product so that then everyone can listen to yeah. that information <laughs> and it saves them having to do that and they only have to then get that person in if they actually genuinely needing to, just and, things like that. And you're always guaranteed to get someone in for a podcast. They'll come in for a podcast. Oh, yeah. It doesn't matter. Don't worry about having a meeting with anyone. Just say, mm-hmm. come in for a podcast. Come and be on my podcast. They'll come and meet you. They'll, they'll drop everything to come and meet you. All of a sudden. Hey, Ash, yeah. we're running out of time. We could do this for another half hour. We, we, you put us on your, your podcast <laughs> and we'll continue the conversation. Uh, what is your podcast? No? P- PM Collective Podcast. Well done. And if people want to get in contact with you? I'm really Googleable. Googleable. So Googleable. You can just <laughs> Google. And um, but LinkedIn is great to get in touch with me. So I love staying in touch with people on LinkedIn under Ashley Goodchild. Well done, Ash. I love her. She's no, so great to another spend time good with. One Always inspired by Ash. She's one of the people I've worked with who's become a person who inspires the other people I now work with. They just all adore her. Love it, love it. And that was another great expert uh, on the Experts podcast. Uh, stay tuned next week for another expert or another media. Look forward to having your company then. You've been listening to the Experts podcast, powered by Media Stable. If you'd like to get in contact with the team, head to mediastable.com.au.